The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Cover 3 College Ball Podcast. I'm Bud Elliott, and we are really pleased to be joined today by Joey Helmer of OU Insider, our Oklahoma 24-7 Sports Network site. This is our round-the-clock series. Obviously, around the clock, get it, play, and on, we're always on on 24-7 Sports, so we're having our 24-7 Sports experts on. Joey, th- thanks for joining us here. Hey, thanks for having me on. No doubt, man. I'm excited about Oklahoma this year. You guys are really, really high in the polls, and it, it, it's got to be an exciting time to cover the Sooners. Yeah, there's a, a lot of um, kind of the thoughts around Norman right now are this may finally be the year. Is this going to be the year that they finally break through and win their eighth national championship? And uh, I think a lot of people think right now that they're going to be a very complete team. And we haven't really seen a quote unquote complete team in Norman since 2008, really. And so uh, there, there's a lot of, a lot of people um, really having high expectations and um, high anticipation of this fall where, Um, things seem to be getting back to normal, maybe a full crowd for Oklahoma. They're anticipating that. So all that kind of factor in it for Oklahoma. All right. You ready to go on the clock? Let's do it. Putting 15 minutes on. Okay. Expectations for this team. What is sort of like the reasonable, reasonable, obviously, but like reasonable baseline expectation that you have, maybe that reasonable fans have for this team this year. Oklahoma needs to win a playoff game this year. I think that's the baseline uh, they have to break through. Uh, you, you look at the schedule, and uh, Oklahoma should certainly win the Big 12 again this year. Um, you're able to win that Red River game. You, you think there's not a ton of stumbling blocks um, for Oklahoma in, in 2021. And um, th- this has to be the year that they not only get back to the playoff, but finally win a game there, take a step, and potentially uh, play for a national championship, if not win that one. Just so the audience knows, non-conference games this year, Tulane, Western Carolina, Nebraska, uh, and they get Iowa State, uh, I believe, in Norman, right? Uh, that is correct, yes. So that's, that's, you know, that, that, that's a very winnable schedule, certainly, for, for, for this group. Bring back quarterback Spencer Rattler. I know we were looking at some of the CBS mock drafts. He's really 
you know, he's there on top. Is, is the hype warranted for him to be, I mean, thought of this early in his career as, as a potential you know, top 15, top 10 type draft pick? Absolutely. Uh, you look at the, uh, the intangibles, uh, his skill set. A lot of people are comparing him right now to Patrick Mahomes in terms of his arm strength. And uh, you look and uh, I certainly see it with how easy he flicks the ball 50-60 downfield uh, the comparisons, I mean, uh, we're comparing someone to Patrick Mahomes, so it's pretty lofty. But, um, yeah, he's quite skilled, and uh, this is a chance for him to kind of follow in the footsteps of Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray of being uh, that top draft pick and uh, a guy that could win a Heisman Trophy. And uh, all those expectations are warranted. Coming out of the spring, what's funny is uh, people watch the, the spring game and are saying, is there – a quarterback competition in Norman here with Caleb Wills, uh, Williams. And uh, no, there, there's not a quarterback competition. Spencer Hattler is the guy in uh, next year. It's going to be Caleb Williams' show, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's Spencer Rattler's time to, to shine with this offense again and uh, potentially be the guy that could finally win Oklahoma an eighth national championship. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you that. Uh, our, our Tom Fernelli uh, on, on Cover 3 watched the, the spring game. He was like, are we sure that Caleb Williams isn't the better quarterback here? And I said, you know, Todd, I'm not sure, but like, I, I think it's probably rather I'm going to ask Joey just, just to confirm. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, we've compared Oklahoma in some ways to a team that, that almost like a pro team that went all in on free agency to, to try to go for that title. They, they see the window. They want to push for it. And, and the free agency in college football is obviously the transfer portal. Oklahoma very active in the transfer portal this offseason. Who, in your opinion right now, are, are, of the guys they took are are due to their counting on to be starters or, or like really key role players? Well, Eric Gray is one uh, for sure. Uh, you look – and that was a big takeaway from the spring game was how good he looked. He, he scored a touchdown, and I was so impressed with him putting his foot in the ground and on a dime – uh, making a defender miss and, you know, basically walking into the end zone from there. So um, he, he's going to be a big factor in the Sooners running back game along with Kennedy Brooks and uh, the, the other two Tennessee guys that they brought in, Wanda Morris and then, uh, of course, Key Lawrence are, are both going to be key players as well. Um, o- Oklahoma, like you said, has done a tremendous job w- with this transfer portal and um, kind of – you know, bolstering its roster to one that can potentially compete for a national championship. And so, um, yeah, I, I look in those three guys will all have key roles, but Eric Gray is um, a, a guy that is going to factor into Oklahoma's offense heavily. I, we talk about Ohio State's receiver room a lot and like for good reason, they just had a backup transfer and Bama jumped all over and Jameson Williams and, and they wanted them, but, Am I wrong in thinking Oklahoma's receiver group has got as good an argument as anybody to kind of be number two in the country behind, maybe just you know slightly behind Ohio State there? Like they, I, I, Joey, I see all these names I remember as recruits, and they got just stud after stud on this roster. They they got to be feeling pretty good about the receiver group this year, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you look and Marvin Mims comes back after uh, <laughs> scoring more touchdowns than any freshman in Oklahoma Sooners history. You, you look at the. Uh, the guys like um, C.D. Lamb, obviously, uh, uh, Mark Andrews at that inside receiver position recently, and um, none of those guys uh, have scored more touchdowns than Marvin Menzies' nine last year. And then 
You look, Jaden Hazelwood, I think a lot of people are expecting him to uh, finally break out and be that big-time receiver. Austin Stogner's healthy again um, at that inside spot. So, yeah, Oklahoma is loaded at the receiver position. There's no doubt about it. And uh, that, that is, in my mind, even as we go with uh, talking about the Trajan Bridges situation, um, I still feel very good about uh, Oklahoma at the pass-catching position. And just for the audience out there, obviously, being a national pod, we're going to have some folks who are not Oklahoma fans listening to this. What 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 is the trade and bridges situation as of uh, about midday on, on May 11th? Yeah, so um, Bridges and Seth McGowan, neither are with the team. There have been charges filed, uh, felony charges uh, against those two guys for an uh, alleged incident in Norman recently. And so um, Oklahoma certainly tried to get ahead of that situation, but um, Trajan Bridges was a guy that was g- going to potentially be a big-time pass catcher for Oklahoma this season. And um, as we mentioned, some of those other players, um, I think uh, it takes away a guy that could really stretch the field, but at the same time, you feel good about that unit. For sure. Well, one thing that was was uncharacteristic of a Lincoln Riley offense that, that cropped up last year um, – well, I guess two things. Number one, they, they slowed down a little bit. They, they didn't run with, with quite the same pace, but they also, you know, under Bill Biedenbaugh, if I'm saying that right, I've, I've seen all the recruits say his name a million times. Um, they, they, they were 110th in havoc rate allowed nationally, which was surprising. Like the, the offensive line had some more hiccups at times than it normally did. And maybe part of that's a freshman quarterback calling the protections and, you know, still learning how to do the checks. What, what are your expectations for this offensive line this year? Well, it's all predicated on really what happens at that center position. Uh, I think going into the spring, I, I thought maybe it would be Chris Murray. Uh, coming out of the spring, Andrew Rain maybe looks like the guy that's going to take over for Creed Humphrey, uh, a, a player that uh, I think if people didn't realize how critical he was to Oklahoma offensively, they certainly do now, drafted by the Chiefs, and uh, a player that really orchestrated everything for Oklahoma offensively. And so – to me, it starts there. Um, are they going to be able to get the same production at the center position? And uh, Oklahoma, yeah, I think as you kind of alluded to, was a, a, a little bit disappointing on the offensive line last year. They weren't pleased with uh, especially their play early in the season. They came together as the year went on, but they're looking to kind of hit it from game one this year and come together as a group and be more similar to that a 2017 group that was the Joe Moore award uh, winning unit with uh, the likes of Orlando Brown and company. And uh, look, Oklahoma with Bill Biedenboe has been stout up front and that's the expectations. And I think maybe if you want to say a biggest question mark for Oklahoma offensively, that's exactly what it is. How is this offensive line going to come together? That's interesting. That's actually where I was going to go uh, with you there. So Oklahoma, the expectation is that they get back to the playoff, win a playoff game. If they fall short of that, is it that offensive line? Is is that, in your mind, likely the catalyst, or, or is it something on the other side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, it probably you, you could be looking at the offensive line there. I, I feel really good um, about the – it's interesting. You, you feel good about the defense uh, coming into the season. Uh, Jalen Redmond's back. Perrion Winfrey's going to be a potential, a very high draft pick. You got an edge rusher and Nick Benito that um, is a top 10 uh, projected um, by 
multiple sites right now in the 22 draft. And so you look there, uh, you feel good about the linebacker core and the depth in the, the secondary. Uh, there's questions defensively as to right now who's even going to start. I think Delarian Turner yell at safety is kind of the only guy that's penciled in. Pat Fields, another safety, missed the entirety of spring. But uh, his job is not entirely nailed down. Then you look at that corner position as well. But, yeah, I, I think um, really if you had to put it on one position, it might be that offensive line. There, there's enough pieces, um, new pieces there. Adrian Ely's another guy you're uh, having to replace. Uh, some were quite surprised that he left for the NFL draft. Eventually, you know, this uh, recently wasn't drafted. And so um, – there, there are players, there are voids to fill there that on the offensive line that have to be addressed. For sure. Uh, sticking with the defensive backfield there, you, you notice there's a number of, or you know, there's a number of questions. Are those more because Oklahoma has a lot of options now that they could plug in or, or is it questions of, of people aren't proven? Like how much, how much of it is a concern and how much of it in your mind is just, well, we think they'll be pretty good. We just need to figure out who actually starts. Yeah, I think it's, it's the uh, the depth is starting to become uh, a difference maker for Oklahoma and Alex Grinch and Roy Manning in that secondary. Uh, Jaden Davis is a guy that uh, played in 10 games last year, a really talented corner. You know, I talked about Pat Phils. This is a veteran guy. Uh, but then you look and uh, you, you bring in uh, Key Lawrence that can uh, be an impact player defensively. There's, there's a number of players. I think uh, it's more a depth thing than anything else. Oklahoma, its biggest issue um, on that side of the ball has not necessarily been the top 11 that they play. Um, it, it's been the guys behind them, those 11. Uh, are they able to fill out a two deep? Um, you, you look at Alabama or Clemson or some of these other teams that have been sick elite defensively and it's not just the starters that they have it's the players that can come in behind them and play at an elite level still and uh, that's the difference I think for Oklahoma right now that they're addressing um, on the recruiting ranks is that they're starting to get some of those players specifically in the secondary I I thought the biggest difference between 2019 and 2020 defensively for OU was in, I, don't, I don't know how I say this in 2019 I thought they made some defensive improvements, but a lot of that was just turnovers, right? And turnovers have a decent luck component. Like there's some skill in it, but there's also a luck component. Last year, it felt like they were actually playing good defense more consistently. They weren't totally reliant on – it wasn't turnovers or touchdowns, right? It, it was they, – they actually got, got more stops. Can they take another leap this year? Yeah, I think definitely. And Grinch's one-gap scheme, I think, has helped significantly – up front, these players are, are getting in the backfield and being able to kind of freely make plays um, as opposed to, you know, holding up and allowing the linebackers to go make plays. It's, it's a very um, aggressive attack-oriented defense that Grinch has instilled here at Oklahoma. And I think he's now, as we've talked about, getting his players, his type of players that love that system and attack and uh, those things translate to turnovers. When, when you play with an aggressive attacking mentality, it translates into turnovers. It translates into taking the ball away. And, um, yeah, there is a step to be made there uh, still for Oklahoma to, to come up with more uh, turnovers, to 
um, come up with those game-changing plays uh, that we talk about that give the ball back to Oklahoma's offense to score points. And so, yeah, there is absolutely a, a next step uh, while Oklahoma ranked in the top 25 in uh, a number of categories. They were fantastic in third town defense last year. That was one uh, specific category that stood out. There are strides to be made for sure. And uh, that was kind of the, the focus is um, taking that next step this spring. All right, we've had some we've had some interesting talk here talking about maybe some of the pain points, some of the some of the spots where there's a little bit less sure about. Let's have some fun. If Oklahoma exceeds their expectation, if the expectation is winning a playoff game, well, then that means that they're winning that they're winning two playoff games, which means they're the national champs. Joey Helmer, who in your mind is a guy who is able to play to his absolute ceiling or two? Obviously, they might probably need a couple guys to you know really exceed expectations if they're to win that step and actually bring home you know, a national title to Oklahoma? Well, I don't think it'll be a super surprise to anyone, but first and foremost is Spencer Rattler. He has to live up to those Heisman expectations that people are kind of throwing on him. And uh, there's plenty of reason to believe that he will do that. Um, I think he was phenomenal at times last year. Uh, Really, after he was benched during the Texas game and kind of reset and came back and brought Oklahoma back to win that, it brought them uh, strong to win that, that game against Texas. The remainder of the season, he was great. On the defensive side of the ball, it's a couple of guys I've already mentioned. I think Nick Benito has to be a potential All-American type player. And Perry on Winfrey uh, and Jalen Redmond can be an impact player on the interior defensive line. If Oklahoma is really nasty – on that side of the ball and they're what a lot of people expect them to be offensively, then there's no reason to believe that uh, they can't win a a playoff game. And I think something else that needs to be stated is one of the biggest advantages that Oklahoma has uh, versus some of these other contenders, if you will, is that Spencer Rattler is what we consider a veteran quarterback. That's a tremendous asset in today's day and age of college football. Uh, where so much of it is predicated on offense and who can score uh, so many points, you have to feel good that you, you have an experienced signal caller um, as a contender coming into the season. That makes a lot of sense to me. Joey, we, 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 almost, we had to go into overtime a little bit, but not, not too bad. I'm sure you heard in the background there the, uh, uh, the timer going off. Also, my wife coming home. So <laughs> that's, that's work from home, right? Really appreciate you coming on the Cover 3 podcast for us. It should be an awesome season to follow Oklahoma. You guys can visit OU Insider. Follow Joey on, on Twitter as well. Joey, hit him with your with your Twitter handle, if you will. Sure. It's uh, at JoeyHelmer247. Pretty simple. At JoeyHelmer247. There you go. All right. This has been the Around the Clock series featuring our 24-7 sports experts on the Cover 3 College Ball podcast. Really appreciate you all listening. Subscribe on whatever podcast app you prefer. Also on YouTube. Thanks, y'all. perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. 
Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. 